This is Brain Diet, episode 176, Fat Loss Fundamentals. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am looking forward today to talking about fat loss fundamentals. Now, I share this information with a great deal of sensitivity. Just because I am talking about fat loss does not mean that everybody should be in the pursuit of it. There is a beautiful balance of when it is a great time to potentially lose fat for some people and when it is not a great time to do so. And unfortunately, when it comes to diet culture, we are often presented with the idea that we should always be in pursuit of weight loss. And that's just not the case. It's not the healthiest way to be living life. However, if someone is in a position where they want to be pursuing fat loss, I am hoping I can offer some value today and some help in order to illustrate the fundamental pieces of what goes into losing fat off of a body. But keep in mind that it's not always the answer <laughs> to be pursuing fat loss, but it's something that I think is really fascinating. And from a very neutral perspective, it's such a cool thing that we can do with our bodies to manipulate it through food. When you take away a lot of the morality and a lot of the emotions, honestly, to me at least, it's just so fascinating to see what you can do, what you can change, what you can manipulate in the body with food and with certain foods and certain types of foods and macronutrients and micronutrients. And so I share this from a place of, of passion and fascination and also without any recommendation necessarily to say everyone should be losing fat <laughs> because I don't feel that way. And I just want to make that clear, right? Anyone that's talking about weight loss doesn't mean that you should be working on that. But with that said, with that caveat out of the way, let's get into fat loss fundamentals. So if you notice, it is fat loss and not weight loss. Weight loss is just an overall change in the scale, whereas fat loss is going to be an overall change in body composition. So if you are someone that simply wants to lose pounds, lose the numbers on the scale, then that's what we put under the category of weight loss. And that can be achieved by eating in a calorie deficit over a period of time. Now, if you aren't familiar with what a calorie deficit is, if you consider how many calories your body needs to first just keep the lights on, right? If you were just to be doing nothing, the basic human processes, the calories that are required to execute those processes, that plus the calories that you burn just from exercise and moving and walking, plus the calories that you burn just through small daily movements, talking with your hands as I'm doing right now, even though no one is watching me, um, blinking, wiggling your legs or fingers, that's all, those are all movements that use energy, that use calories in order to execute. Those in addition to the calories that you're burning through digestion with your food, when you are digesting food, it takes calories. All these calories accumulate to a number that is essentially a maintenance number, 
meaning if you eat roughly about in this range, then you will stay roughly about the same. And so a calorie deficit is essentially just a number that is less than your maintenance number. And sometimes you can do a steep deficit and go into something like a 30 or 40% deficit, meaning 30 or 40% of those calories, that would be really, really steep. You could also, you know, go into the range of 5, 10, 20%. It all depends on a lot of different things on you, your body, your life, your ability to adhere. But regardless, in order to lose mass, in order to lose weight overall, it requires a calorie deficit. Now, people often think, and again, this is just my experience with my personal clientele, that what they want is weight loss when in reality, what they actually want is fat loss. And here is why. When we lose weight, we also are, lo- we are losing fat oftentimes, but we are also losing muscle mass among other things in our body. And many of those quote unquote dream bodies that you see of like, oh, this is the way I would love to look are not just those that are light, but they are those that have muscle and muscular shape and a certain physique that look that appears a certain way that has a certain shape. And if you look at something like that and you're like, oh, I want to look like that. I need to lose some weight. What you're actually wanting is to lose fat. We don't want to lose muscle. From an aesthetic perspective, it's typically what most desire, but also from a functional perspective, maintaining muscle mass is really important for a variety of reasons. One of which you actually have a higher basal metabolic rate because it takes calories to maintain muscle. So if you have more muscle, you're actually able to eat more and not gain weight because those calories are going to towards uh, maintaining muscle mass that's already existing. And so when someone is in the realm of wanting to change aesthetically how they look, typically what they want to achieve is to lose fat, but maintain as much muscle as possible. We want to lose the fat and reveal the muscle that is underneath. Now, again, I'm speaking generally, and this might not be how you feel with your goals, but this is just kind of what I experience in the fitness world, if you will. So if you are someone that eats in a calorie deficit, you will lose overall weight. And this is just biochemistry. This is just the way the law of thermodynamics, right? If if you are consuming less than your body is using, then your body is going to go internally to find that fuel and thus is going to burn off existing tissues in the body. And that's what leads to uh, weight loss. So in order to lose fat, we want to maintain the tissues that we don't want to lose. And that is accomplished by, generally speaking, eating higher amounts of protein. So being in a calorie deficit with higher protein. This protein allows you to maintain the existing muscle mass and to fuel that so that then you can create not just a weight change, but a composition shift. If your body is composed of muscle and fat and water and other tissues in the body, we want to create a composition shift in the percentages of how much you have of each of those things. So you can kind of break it down this way by saying, if you just count calories and are in a calorie deficit, you'll lose weight. If you do a calorie deficit with high enough protein, you will lose fat. If you do a calorie deficit and you eat enough protein and you strength train at the same time, you will lose fat and potentially have the chance to build a little bit of muscle. Now I say this with a little asterisk next to this because in order to build tissues in the body, you need calories. You need energy to build muscle, to build 
anything that's going on in the body. And if you are in a calorie deficit, by definition, you don't necessarily have the abundance of calories that the body is saying, hey, we've got enough for our basic processes and we have a little bit of extra that we can put towards building muscle. But for someone that might be new to strength training, if they were to begin a calorie deficit with high enough protein and strength training, that person would lose fat and build muscle at the same time. They are affectionately referred to as the newbie gains, meaning someone that is new to strength training or has had a significant uh, time period off, like a year, generally speaking, will oftentimes have experience muscle gain, even in a caloric deficit, just due to that um, response in the body when you are having enough protein and you are strength training at the same time. And over time, it kind of plateaus because again, the body adapts and we lose that phase of newbie gains. But if we are in a deficit with high enough protein and we're strength training, we can still maintain the muscle that we do have. And it's still possible to gain muscle, but it is just a lot smaller than that newbie phase, or if someone were eating in a surplus and had an abundance of calories that they were able to put towards muscle building. So really that in a way is fat loss 101, is eating in a caloric deficit with adequate amounts of protein. That's when you can create body composition shift. And when you add in strength training, that's when you can really create the composition shift you're looking for, as well as the aesthetic that people desire that they think is simply accomplished by weight loss. One other thing that I would like to mention when it comes to changing the scale, I've mentioned this many a time on the podcast, but one of the popular approaches that people will tout when it comes to weight loss is eliminating or severely restricting carbohydrates. Now, carbohydrates are extremely necessary for our energy. Now, there is the ketogenic diet, and that is a different approach because that switches the body's primary source of energy from carbohydrates to ketones, and that's a whole different podcast in and of itself. But when your body is primarily relying on carbs and you're eating low enough to where you're not getting enough for energy, but you're also not moving into ketosis, you can feel really sluggish, really tired. But what happens is when we ingest carbohydrates, for every gram of carbohydrate we ingest, we typically retain about one to three grams of, I'm sorry, three to four grams of water. And this isn't a bloat per se, but it's just water that we retain in our cells and our bodies. And so what happens is when we eliminate or severely restrict carbs, we lose a lot of water weight through that. And what happens is then the scale changes pretty dramatically, pretty quickly. And so whether a diet is advertising low carb, no carb, or if it's just saying eat protein and vegetables, either way, it's essentially eliminating that primary source of energy. But then you think that there's something that is really valuable and working because you see such a dramatic and, and, immediate change in the scale. So it's something to keep in mind. Again, overall weight loss does not equate necessarily with the change that many of us are looking for. And because it's not a weight change or or it's not a, a tissue change, it's simply just a loss of water. If you eat carbs again at any point, you simply retain water again. And so that's not the type of weight that we want to be losing or the scale change that we want to be paying attention to because it isn't really an indication of overall health or quality of the weight that we're losing, of which types of tissues we are drawing from. So any diet that leads to weight loss that limits carbs in the beginning, that is the reason for 
the scale change is because of the loss of water weight. And so it's just an important piece to remember when you are assessing what might work for you is if you are really motivated by the scale, I highly recommend zooming out a little bit and changing the data that you are assessing and changing what you value when it comes to your health and taking some of the eggs out of the scale basket, meaning not putting everything into those three digits that you see. I have a number of episodes on the scale that I will highly recommend um, that talk you through all of the elements of working through the mental drama and turmoil that can come as a result of the scale. But hopefully this illustrates that any diet that leads to weight loss, whether it's the ketogenic diet, Whole30, paleo, any type of juice cleanse, any type of any type of diet that is given to you that you are trying that leads to weight loss is not necessarily the diet itself that's magic compared to another one. It's simply the caloric deficit that it puts you into. And oftentimes if diets are putting you into a very strict and severe caloric deficit, you see scale changes much quicker and oftentimes carbs are eliminated in diets like that. But it's not because that diet is superior or creating better weight loss or better quality weight loss. It's simply because of the calories, because of the math of what you are not eating compared to the amount of calories that you need to stay the same each day. And so it's an important lesson to learn when you are navigating your health that you do not need to find a special diet necessarily. It is much more about what is enjoyable and what is sustainable. And so that leads me to a few tips that I recommend when it comes to fat loss and making it sustainable and not super painful as some diets can become. Many people start diets and are motivated and excited and over time when maybe they aren't getting the body that they want, that's when it starts to drag and that's when they start to fall off the wagon, if you will, and then that's when people quit. And again, I'm making generalizations here based on just my own experience with clientele. But based on what I have seen happen with people's dieting history that we really make an effort to do differently is as long as we are in a caloric deficit, we have a lot of room to be able to create a lifestyle and a diet that works for you because no one is going to be doing the exact same diet necessarily and have it work perfectly for them. There's always going to be nuances because we're each individual people. But the first thing that... I will emphasize when it comes to fat loss efforts is consistency over perfection. Now, again, we get into the all or nothing mentality when we set goals for ourselves and we think it needs to either look a certain way or else it isn't possible at all. I either need to be perfect with every single bite or I'm never going to achieve my goals. Thus, why try? And it is a very, very powerful shift to learn that it does not need to be perfect in order to achieve your physical goals. Being consistent over time is going to allow you to have a lot of wiggle room, but still achieve your goals. And when we can work on the all or nothing mentality, you really free yourself from that rigid perfectionism that can be so painful in a deficit phase. The next tip is going to be finding a method that you can be adherent to. So this speaks to what I was mentioning a minute ago is there are a wide variety of ways to 
create a calorie deficit. Obviously, it's essentially just eating less. But within that, there is so much room to create an individual system that works for you. And it's also important to mention that the math matters, but sometimes people struggle with the tracking element. And that is okay. It's not even to say that tracking is the only way either. It's just important to acknowledge that the math is the math. The math doesn't change. And so oftentimes tracking, it doesn't have to be a full-time forever job, but it can temporarily be a very useful tool to give you a point of reference. If you have a GPS system and you're wanting to go somewhere If you don't know where you're starting from, you're not going to have the directions in order to get to where you want to go. And so this is where tracking for a time just to get to know what you're eating without changing what you're eating gives you a little bit of a starting point, a point of reference to say, oh, here's about the amount of calories that I'm starting with. Here's typically what I eat in a day. And thus I can take that information and use it to adjust in accordance with my life to find a method that I can still be adherent to. So this episode is not me saying that everybody should be tracking either, but I do think it's a really useful awareness tool for those that want to create fat loss because it's going to be simply more pieces to the puzzle to give you a clearer picture of what's going on and what's working and what's not working. And if we aren't paying attention to the numbers, then we aren't really sure always if if we aren't getting the results that we want. And so if we aren't losing weight and we don't know how much we have been eating or not been eating, that's where it's like, well, we don't quite have all of the information that we need. Again, not to say that everyone needs to track, but it is a really useful tool. And so within that, we can find a way to create a diet that is easier for you to adhere to. So don't believe that it has to be a certain way or that it has to be a single way that worked for someone else because there's so much variety in how you can create a calorie deficit and how you can create fat loss. So it's just an important thing to remember. In addition to this, again, sometimes we can think, oh, if I can just cut calories really low, I can lose weight a little bit quicker. And yes, the math would support this idea, But sometimes the mental and emotional trade-offs that come and physical trade-offs that come as a result of a steep calorie deficit are not necessarily worth the quicker results. And so consider that your goal will be achieved no matter what. And so what if it takes three months or a year? Because if you achieve it anyway, I highly recommend doing it in a way that is sustainable and enjoyable versus hating every single day, hating how you feel just for the sake of being there a little bit quicker. Now, again, there are unique circumstances when people are competing at high levels and things like that. And I think that's, again, a whole other conversation to have. But for specifically the people that I am working with most of the time, taking a really steep deficit, while yes, it would work if you and you could do it in a healthy way, sometimes the trade-offs aren't worth it. So keep that in mind and consider being willing to take way longer to achieve your goals for the sake of your own mental and emotional health. Adherence also can be influenced by stress and sleep quality. So when we are stressed and we have poor sleep quality, we typically have higher cortisol. And cortisol itself doesn't necessarily lead to weight gain, but they can influence our ability to adhere, to be compliant, to follow through, and 
it's kind of a domino effect in terms of all of the pieces that need to be in place in order to achieve fat loss. If we are not sleeping well and if we are feeling overly stressed, then putting our body into a deficit, which in a way is a form of stress, can be really difficult. And again, this is one of the trade-offs of going into a deficit for fat loss, which is possible for people to do, but we just have to recognize that it's a difficult thing. The body doesn't like being deprived of calories necessarily for a long period of time. And so it's important that we manage the other elements as as precisely and carefully as possible that we make sure we aren't under too much stress and that our sleep quality is really good. Our hydration is good. Our movement is good. Because if all of those other pieces in place, then it will make fat loss easier, which fat loss is a little bit difficult at times because it challenges your body in a way that maybe we aren't used to. The third tip that I recommend and offer here is patience. Now, this is such a cliche and it's something that people say over and over, be patient, be patient with the process, but it's because it's the truth. So often we are thinking, I can just muscle my way to the body of my dreams in 12 weeks. And there's a lot you can do in 12 weeks, but there's so much you can do in 12 years, even 12 months. (laughs) There's so much you can do. But when we get so short-sighted, we deprive ourselves of the opportunity of really cultivating and creating the health that we want. When you think long-term with your weight and your health, it totally changes your motivation because otherwise it's like we're just willpowering our way to a finish line to then be done and not go back to the habits of before. Whereas when you think more comprehensively and more of how can I create an entire life that is healthy and strong and supported, that's when you can change your habits and change the way that you are living your life and not in a way of of depriving yourself at your own expense, but instead to be able to create the body that you want with a lot of love and care. When it comes to body fat, you do not gain significant amounts of body fat overnight. Even if you have consumed thousands of calories over your maintenance level, it even takes time for that to convert into body fat. So if you have had a large meal at dinner and the scale is up the following morning, it's not body fat yet. And even if it is, it's probably a really insignificant amount. Body fat tends to accumulate over time, over long periods of time. It's not something that you just wake up one morning and from the meal before you're like, oh, I gained three pounds of body fat. It does not work that way. And I hoped when I offer this, that this comes as a relief because if our weight and our health were this fragile, it would be so hard to manage. If it were so fragile that it could be influenced by a single meal, when we're eating thousands of meals over the course of our lives, that would be really frustrating. So body fat is not something that we just gain in a meal. Reflectively, reflexively, reflectively, it's important to recognize then that you do not lose significant amounts of body fat overnight either. If it takes time to gain it, then it's going to take time to lose it. And that's where patience is so important. When you can keep your perspective zoomed out and much more from a 12-month perspective, a 12-year perspective even, it can help that patience be a little bit more tangible, a little bit more accessible. The next tip that I have to offer is one of the biggest obstacles to fat loss is your mind. It is the drama the turmoil that we experience via the thoughts that are going on in our brains. It's one of the biggest obstacles because we get in our own way by thinking things like, this is too hard. This won't make a difference. I am not good at being hungry. And if we don't pay attention to the narrative that we have running through our mind throughout a caloric deficit or throughout any type of 
lifestyle behavior, then it can work against us. And so this is where having a coach can be so imperative to be able to navigate the math of fat loss and the the macronutrient breakdown of fat loss. To be able to navigate that, you need support and to pay attention and to take care of what is going on in your mind. Because it can be sneaky little sentences that just get in the way enough that lead you to then quit. Now, I'm a huge fan of quitting if that's what's best for people, but many people quit when what they really want is to achieve their goals. They just want in the moment to eat the thing or not follow through with the workout. And instead of honoring their long-term wants, they honor their short-term wants. And again, there's nothing wrong with the fact that we do this, but for someone that continually comes back to, I do want to create these physical goals, then it's really important to have the mental support to navigate the thoughts like this is too hard or to navigate your relationship with hunger, your relationship with food. Otherwise they can lead to disordered eating patterns because our brains just run wild with a lot of nonsense that can be at our own expense at a point. And so it's really important to take care of yourself in all ways. And fat loss can be a way to take care of yourself, but make sure you are paying attention to that physical element in addition to the mental and emotional ones. The last thing that I will offer when it comes to fat loss fundamentals is being in a deficit is best when it is temporary. Unfortunately, many of us, and I think a lot of like the the people that were young adults, adults in the 90s, went through the phase of we need to be dieting all the time. We need to be constantly pursuing a smaller body. And I, I, I don't want to diminish how that is still very true for many people, unfortunately. But it seems like it was really, really prominent with not a lot of support around it in 90s, early 2000s. And our bodies... As we continue to diet, they downregulate our metabolism, meaning if our maintenance is at a certain number, the more time we spend in a deficit, then our body starts to downregulate in terms of that um, basal metabolic rate, in terms of how many calories we need to keep the lights on to survive. And so that's why oftentimes we need to keep cutting calories in order to see results. And so that's why some people can eat such a small amount of calories and maybe not see the changes that they want to see is because they've spent so much time in a deficit that their body is just running really at a low number metabolically. The metabolism is downregulated. So this is where spending time not in a deficit is just as valuable and important as a deficit. Because when you spend time at maintenance calories or even in a surplus and are, are spending time building muscles or building other tissues in your body, this is what allows your body to upregulate, your metabolism to upregulate, to say, hey, we've got the fuel that we need so we can be a little bit more efficient with all these processes. We don't need to, you know, cherish every calorie necessarily. And I mean, that's kind of just a dumb interpretation, cherishing every calorie. But essentially, it just establishes that our metabolism changes based on how we nourish our bodies, whether we're in a deficit or otherwise. And so spending time eating enough can be so valuable to allow you to spend time in deficits that don't have to be too steep and to still see results. So from an aesthetic perspective, it's really valuable. But in addition to that, from a how you feel perspective, it's even more valuable because at maintenance calories, your body's like, whew, we got what we need. We can sit back and relax and allow for all of our functions to be optimal and all the things. And so 
maintenance calories is very underrated. Eating enough is very underrated. And people don't realize the role that that plays in fat loss should that be something you choose to do. So it's something to keep in mind, again, zooming out and looking at the long term that fat loss, while it can be achieved and it can be a great thing, if we are to look at multiple years of your life, then we can't just think about the deficit. We have to think about all of the other things that can lead to feeling well, feeling your best. And part of that is eating enough, spending a lot of time eating enough. The body is very happy in cases like that. And again, not taking into account other pre-existing conditions and outside things that don't have to do with calories, right? Autoimmune conditions being one of them. But all this to say, fat loss can be relatively simple and it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. And there are going to be individual nuances to this. I'm not here to say like, oh, it's just a one, two step process. But I want to ease your mind in terms of how we sometimes overcomplicate it. It doesn't have to be that way. I think, again, one of the main obstacles is our own brains in terms of how we think about going through a deficit phase and the physical things we're feeling. And so if you are in pursuit of fat loss, I hope that you can keep some of these things in mind and to give yourself a break in knowing that you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be consistent and to do it with love and to also lovingly spend time not in a deficit in order to give your body everything that it needs to just function happily because maintenance calories is so powerful in how you feel. (laughs) Just imagine having enough fuel to feel well versus like if you just were always like almost running on empty, you're like really flirting with that empty line. Doesn't feel good to be operating that close to empty. So maintenance calories is having a full tank and feeling well and not worrying about running out. So my friends, I hope today's episode has been helpful regarding fat loss and I hope that you have learned something. And as a reminder, if you don't want to be in a fat loss phase, you don't need to be. No one needs to be. It's just if you want to just because. I think that's one of the greatest reasons to do it is just because you want to, not because you think you should or because you'll be more lovable if you do. It's just a scientific thing with the body that can be really fascinating and it doesn't have anything to do with your worth as a human. So my friends, that's all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.